0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head.
1: And I am Dane, the magic man. Head. I don't know. I feel like I thought of a better one, but then I forgot it, and I did. I just went with it. Anyways, uh, welcome to Two-Headed Game Master, <laughs> a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing. Oh, shit. This isn't my
0: usual part, everybody. That's okay. He's going to get through it tonight.
1: All right. All uh-huh. right. Uh, where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you all,
0: and even play some games. Mm-hmm. Not tonight, though. Tonight we're talking about stuff again. Uh, Dane, what are we discussing? And will it explain your what head <laughs> joke you were?
1: It will, because uh, we are talking about magic systems. Mm, uh, magic. Making magic systems uh, in role-playing games. So uh, if you need to make a magic system, you can, whether that be because your current system doesn't have a good one, or you're making up a new system, or you're working in the Eclipse Engine, which is our, own very, our, our very own creation.
0: Yeah, which is very easy for homebrew and malleable, easy to make up your own stuff. Little story, I guess, about this real quick um, before we get into our signposting. We've mentioned before, back in the beginning, and a couple of times since then, we got our start in role-playing games, uh, playing Torg, which, uh, among other things, has a cool, like pulp adventure setting, very like mummy and in Indiana Jones. Um, in that, in that module of the game, there was a real bullshit magic system. Uh, where but it's like, just
1: so fucking complicated. Yeah,
0: like it was it was conceptually really cool, and if it had been a novel, it maybe would have been like one of my favorite magic systems. It was all celestial uh based. There were like there were different constellations and planets and well, stuff in this that universe. Was, that was
1: just the the
0: Niles. Magic yeah, that's what system. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the yeah. Nile one.
1: Right. So there were if you know we talked about Torg a little bit, right? So there's these different uh cosms. So the whole game had, like, five different magic systems. Right.
0: I'm, I'm just talking about the we're magic talking system. About
1: the pulp reality magic right.
0: system. Where uh, you were in, like, a pulp adventure Egypt, and the, like, constellations and houses of the heavens had this, you know, like, cool original layout. And what you could do with magic was... Uh, all, like, divided into these celestial houses, but then you had to, like, roll as you were playing to see where the heavens were, and the game master had to keep track of that shit, and based on what was and wasn't, like, rising, or present, or visible in the sky and shit, uh, that dictated, like, how easy certain things were to do, and whether or not you could do something, and the, like, different effects of the magic, and, like, conceptually it's very, very cool, but to actually play... It sucked.
1: It's just like, it was, it put a lot on both the game master and the player. So both parties had to completely understand what was happening for you to do anything. And
0: instead of saying what you wanted to do and then like rolling to see if it happened, you were like filling in a star chart. Like you you need to have your own
1: like page star chart just to, you know, Figure out if you could even attempt something and, you know, it gets into maybe uh, we should have just, well, I mean, we ended up just making up our own shit, which is, uh, a, which is where this comes yeah, from.
0: A bit of what we're going to talk about today. And if that sounded cool to you, if you were like, ooh, this like celestial houses of the heavens determined magic system sounded like a cool thing because it is cool. And you're like, I bet I could design something like that for my role playing game. Uh well we're you gonna talk continue about continue to listen yeah. to this podcast because we
1: are gonna give you some
0: that's some what help. we're gonna talk about is uh what steps you might go through if you're coming up with a magic system for a role playing game so uh what are we doing in what order tonight
1: well so we're gonna magic systems uh, need to be setting specific so we're gonna talk about what that means then we're gonna talk about magical players versus the magical world. How those are different and uh, the same at the same time. Oops, uh, I said same time, whatever. All right, <laughs> then we're gonna talk about actually creating your own magic system. Uh, and then we're going to use our own magic system in our original setting afterlife as an example to really bring it all together.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna talk through some like guidelines and rules again, as we've done before. We're gonna explain. The original magic system that we came up with, and we're going to relate it back to all the uh, theory. Yeah, all the theory <laughs> and the like. What we consider, you know, good ideas to follow in the uh, in the first half of this. All
1: right. So get out your pencils. There will be a test on this
0: afterwards. Mm-hmm. First bit. First. Uh, first bullet point. Setting specific. Your magic should be specific to the setting that your adventure is taking place in. And I, I feel like that's fairly simple and self-explanatory, but just because, you know, saying it isn't hard to understand doesn't mean it shouldn't be mentioned.
1: Right. So, for example, well, a uh, more popular one, I guess, is bending in Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Very specific to the setting and the story they were trying to tell.
0: Yeah. has like Very central. Um, the you know, the, the, the simple elements, the four different elements as a, you know, idea for how the world is organized and then everything being uh, based in, like, this martial arts, these different forms of martial arts heavily, you know, intertwined with the um, with the Eastern culture and the, like, Asian-inspired setting. Right. Bending, Avatar The Last Airbender, those two Things mesh really well. It's setting specific.
1: Right. Uh, so our magic system in Afterlife is setting specific because in Afterlife it's uh, post-apocalyptic. Uh, you know, tons of radiation. So the magic is based off of radiation. Mm-hmm. It's radiation magic.
0: The magic is manipulating radiation to do stuff for you. It's an energy that's like present in the world. You use it to do stuff. That's the setting-specific like, setting specific idea. That part's not complicated. Now we get into a little bit more. All right,
1: so magical players and magical world. Yeah.
0: Right? Is is the players... Do the players have access to magic? Or is there just magic in the world? Or is there both?
1: So uh, some, some more theory. Uh, remember, write this down and we'll be on the
0: test. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Sanderson mm. is a writer... Famous writer, you might have heard of him. I call him B Sandy because we're <laughs> friends. Uh, I watched all his YouTube videos once. Uh, so old B Sandy, he has a um, he has a, he has a very well known essay. First of all, he's a very well known fantasy sci-fi writer. He has a very well known essay that you can go look up and dig into. It's very interesting, uh, and it's just a rumination on the idea of magic systems in fiction. And he came up with the idea of hard versus soft magic systems as a sort of sliding scale. Basically, um, a magic system is hard if we know the rules of it. It's soft if we don't know the rules of it. And for it to be harder, you need to know more rules about it. Your ability to solve problems with magic in the story is directly related to how much... We know about the magic system,
1: right? So if you wanna, if characters try to solve their problems with magic, we should know a lot about. We should yeah. know. We should why know they how that magic, works. how the what the rules are, uh, you know what the costs are, what their limitations are.
0: Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't do to have a soft magic system where nothing is ever explained. And then, you know, to just like, oh, but there's magic and use that to get out of a pinch.
1: Right. So, and like, cause, oh, you know, think about, uh, Lord of the Rings, right? This is a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, so the soft magic, it's a soft magic system because Gandalf is magic and he is, you know, he does some magical things like, you know, all his fireworks are kind of, you know, magical and he can do fire, uh, so it's we don't really know where that stuff comes from. So it makes sense that he he can't just go up to Sauron and yeah. kick his ass with magic.
0: And he can help them a little bit, but every time he does use magic it seems to, you know, like take a cost from him and he doesn't use it all the time. He doesn't solve all their problems with magic. And when he does, you know, there's a bit where he like uses magic to light a fire, and then he's grumpy about it because he's like, "Well, I've blown our cover because mm-hmm. I've just written on the sky." Then, uh, Gandalf magic. is here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a soft magic system. You can't really solve problems with it. It's much more of a. Uh, it's much more of a like feature of the character of the story, the world that you're. Right. You know, exploring. Mm-hmm. On the other side of that is the hard magic system and Lord of the Rings we can still use because it's got both the ring itself is much more of a hard magic thing because we know what it is it's a fragment of Sauron's soul kind of and it contains all his power. When you wear it it makes you invisible but it also is a beacon to the ringwraiths and over time it corrupts your soul because it's a piece of Sauron mm-hmm. Sauron is evil the ring is hard magic. We know the rules about how it works. So when they use it to like turn invisible, and solve a problem, there is a cost. There is There's, a you know.
1: They are doing a a cost benefit analysis.
0: Yeah, and we know what those rules are. Right. That's so, kind of the the key part of it. So that's key. Yeah,
1: magic in role playing games.
0: That was a lot of talk, a lot of theory, and it mostly pertains to storytelling in like novels and movies and stuff. Mm. So the magic in RPGs
1: is hard magic. If the players are interacting... If the players can do magic, it needs to be a hard magic system. Mm -hmm. You need to define, as Game Master, the rules, uh, the limitations, the costs.
0: Yeah. Because
1: without those,
0: it gets weird really quick. Yeah. And it just becomes a mess. And, you know, uh, one of the easiest examples... You can go explore, like, D&D Beyond on... On your, on your web browser right now, and you will find, you know, a really clearly defined magic system with spells that describe exactly what they do and have a clear cost in spell points or energy or whatever you know, your class of character uses mm-hmm. to cast magic. That is hard magic, and it needs to be hard magic if the players can interact with it. It needs right. to have rules.
1: Now, you can have magic in your role-playing uh, adventure... That isn't hard magic. Um, You know, it's soft magic. If the players don't interact, so like the world can have magic in it. Mm -hmm. The world can have uh, bits of magic scattered around, or you know, maybe uh, NPCs Mm -hmm. can have a little bit of magic. You could have. You don't necessarily need to explain all those rules.
0: Right. It could just be uh, flavor for the world, and we'll talk about that. Before we get into, like, creating the hard magic thing, here's a couple examples of how you could implement a soft magic system. Maybe you don't want to design a hard magic system where your characters are actually, you know, bound by the house of the stars and, yeah, having to, like, remember all that and measure stuff and roll based on different things. Maybe you don't want that. Uh, You can still have magic as just flavor in magical clothing or items that they get. And you just tell them, hey, this is an enchanted cloak, mm-hmm. like our, uh, you know, oft-repeated Lord of the Rings example from a couple episodes ago, the, the Lothlorian cloaks. You just say, here's a magic cloak for you, my player. Uh, it gives you these buffs to concealment and stealth. Mm-hmm. And it does that because it's magic. There's magic in the world. You just aren't a magic user character.
1: Right, so uh, another example <laughs> from uh, that is uh, a magical river that makes you forget. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, you you fall in the water and now you have amnesia.
0: It's a magic water, you know, and that. So what you're doing there? You're you're making your world magical. By uh, making narrative devices into gameplay mechanics, maybe you needed someone to like fall in the water, and you needed someone to lose their memory. Well, in your magical world, they can, you know, get splashed by an enchanted fountain mm. or a river or whatever. Now they've lost their memory. That's the thing in the story that needed to happen. They still aren't interacting with magic in like a hard and fast way. There is just kind of mysterious magic in the world.
1: Right. Or, you know, another one is maybe you need to get uh, one of your players needs to be captured. Um, Right. Maybe do uh, like a Pinocchio thing where they get turned into a donkey.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Like.
0: And that that becomes tricky if there's like a polymorphy spell in your spell book of hard magic that your Mm -hmm. players can use. That becomes a little trickier. But if the evil wizard can just, you know, bam. Boom donkey you're a donkey now and now they're captured and so the next session is rescuing them you can use soft magic to just move your narrative along right. turn and narrative like, oh, things into you know gameplay. what
1: they, they need to undonkey their friend is they need a, a twig of mistletoe or whatever right i don't know yeah right oh, why does it work i don't know because like because magic- someone
0: else magic told you it works that's all <laughs> then you're still engaging with the world in a very like
1: Magical and mystical, yeah. You know, environment, but uh, you don't need to write all the rules down,
0: right? Um, but if you do want hard magic, if
1: your players want to be shooting fireballs out of their fingers and icicles out of their ass, you're going to need a hard magic system.
0: Mm-hmm. So these are our guidelines that we've came up with for creating your own magic system for your role playing. Uh, for your role-playing setting or adventure campaign, whatever, to create your own. This is a hard magic system with rules for your players to learn, different ways for them to use it, and usually some mastery, some mm. like progression in ability.
1: Well, so let's uh, quick overview uh, what we think you should be what we think you mm. should be thinking about. Uh, The application of your magic, the intent, the difficulty, you got to have a difficulty for your roles and like the results of those roles, Mm -hmm. right?
0: So application, intent, difficulty, and the result.
1: Application.
0: So your magic should be able to be utilized multiple ways. Unless it is just, like, one thing. If the magic that exists in this world is just to, like, give light or something, then, you know, that's okay. that's a separate conversation. And you probably don't need to do very much. That's more of a soft magic thing. Right. right. If just, like, everyone can do it or whatever. But if not, you want magic to be able to be utilized multiple ways. Right.
1: If you're in a world where there are um, characters who are fully combat capable non-magic users and then there are also characters who are fully combat able but they're magic users it should be able to be used multiple, utilized in multiple ways just be magic shouldn't only be combat because there are people who are non-magic who can also do combat Mm -hmm. Um, that might have been a little weavy but I feel like I made a good point there
0: Right. So, the point is, like, those different utilizations should be categorized. They should be categorized, you know, maybe they're categorized by, like, colors of magic, like in uh, Magic the Gathering.
1: Sure.
0: Maybe, like, black magic is, you know, like, death and reanimation and stuff. Skeletons and swamps. Green magic is uh, life and, you know, Forest getting stronger, else. stuff like that. Red is fire and, you know, burning and anger. Goblins. (laughs) Maybe that's how you want to, you know, delineate it. Or maybe you want to delineate it a little bit differently. You want to delineate it not based on, like, elements, but just based on how it is applied. Like, are you using it to make stuff appear? Are you using it to move stuff? Are you using it to change stuff? That idea.
1: I see what you did there.
0: We'll talk about that in a second, but... All right. So so your magic should have application, different applications, and they should fall into categories.
1: Right. Uh, intent is next up. So the purpose of magic is another tool in a player's tool belt to do things. Right. You know. So they should. The magic should help players to do what they want. Right. Uh, I want to win this combat, mm. alright? So, like, there's some, some combative magic there, or...
0: I want to get up on top of this thing. Yep. That's, you know, like, you have an intent... Uh, y- your player has an intent which, you know, another word for that could be like whatever their goal is. Sure. What is oh. what is the thing that they want to happen? Well, You take that, and then you look at the different applications of magic, and, you know, you combine different applications... To accomplish your intent, so maybe the idea, the the intent is, or the goal, the uh, the objective of the player character is to like get up on top of this like high wall, mm-hmm. and they're a skinny magic nerd. They're not going to like climb it with their buff upper body strength, but maybe you know there is a magic that like there's a magic that affects uh, you know the. The density of stuff, you
1: know, levitation,
0: or there's just an air-associated magic. Yeah, in your system, whatever you want to do, that's the thing that they use to either like make themselves light and buoyant, or like command the air to like lift them up and carry them up there. Mm-hmm. So you combine or what they want, maybe or maybe they make
1: they change their body to be super buff
0: for a yeah. little while. Oh yeah, or that yeah. If you could make yourself, you know, like light as a A balloon to float up you could probably also yeah uh, buff up your muscles. Something like that. And so what what you would do is you would come up with, you know, all the different applications all the different uh, categories of how magic can be used in your world.
1: And you don't need all of them. You you need just enough to like get your game master head around it. Because your players are probably going to you know, if they get a hold of it, they're going to be like, "Well, what about this?" And you're like, "Well, I didn't think of that one," right. but it does seem a lot like this, which I already thought of, so I know how to do it. Yeah,
0: and let me let me step in, take a little quick sidebar uh, before we a sidebar little little sidebar before we return to intent. Um, before we return to intent and difficulty and you know those things, we're we're not here to tell you actually how to uh, how to like lay out and design your magic system and we're not gonna tell you, you know, how difficult a roll should be in order to do what kind of spell. That's no, the how stuff could we? That's the stuff you gotta come up with on your own. We're not even here to tell you <coughs> excuse me. We're not even here to tell you uh, all the different categories that magic could be divided into or anything like that. That's the stuff, if you're creating a magic system, you're going to have to come up with it on your own. But once you start doing that, these are the things you're going to want to hit. So getting back to it, you're going to want to talk about... You're going to want to decide what the different applications are and what the different, like, categories, types of magic that you have in your universe are. Then you want to talk about, or think about, at least...
1: How your players are going to use the magic,
0: Yeah. right? So, like, you think
1: about... All the ways that magic can be used, right? Uh, Oh, you can raise skeletons from the dead. You can raise uh, birds from... uh, I don't... Hold on. Uh,
0: This is just raising different things from the
1: dead. Birds can be skeletons, too. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, scratch that. Um, We're added that out in post.
0: We're not going to that. We'll leave it in.
1: Um, So, think about all the ways you want magic to be used
0: and then think about all the ways your players are going to want to use magic Mm -hmm. and that will that will give you the things like the you know the colors of magic or the different elements and that will also start uh you know helping you organize the magic that they're able to do by you know types and uh Types and effects, you might start dividing things into like, well, these are damage spells and I have a few different things in the magic system that they can use to do damage to other people. And then, you know, whatever else you come up with, whatever other uses of magic. Right. Um, then once you've started to think about all that, you want to start thinking about the difficulty or the cost or both. They could, you know, come together. You could
1: have a difficulty and a cost. Right. Um, But you definitely need a difficulty. Yeah. Right? Because what are your players rolling against when they try to do magic?
0: Well, sometimes they're not. There's the Dungeons & Dragons example, where sometimes a spell just, like, maybe that's the kind of system you want to design. There's a spell with a clear, just, like, effect of what happens. You don't have to roll for it. You just get to make it happen. But it costs points of some kind. It costs some sort of magical currency. And then it happens. Then there will be rolls after that. If you, you know, if you just magically are able to summon vines to tangle somebody up, then they're going to be rolling, you know, strength Mm. or whatever against the vines to get out. But difficulty and cost is the next thing you need to come up with.
1: Well, so we're talking about D&D cantrips here Mm. for anybody who's uh, not familiar with D&D, and also that probably didn't help. Uh, So (laughs) a cantrip uh, is, well the example that were you cantrip is something that your character can just do like mm-hmm. they have the magical ability to like close a door right as long as they have like the energy you know their spell slot open
0: well, cantrips can just... don't require a spell slot everything That's else true.
1: i i i caught myself as i was in mid-sentence there uh yes that is true um but you can only use a cantrip uh like once every long rest or whatever
0: I, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, anyways the point
1: the point I was trying it. to make stays the same Whether So, oh, I guess I'm the one who needs to brush up on my D&D. Um, the point is, cantrip is something that doesn't actually have a great effect. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's like a footnote. You know, like I close the door. You can close the door, no problem. All right, but like that's not going to kill an enemy, right? So you get that for basically uh, for free.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, but if I were to try to fireball an enemy, that difficulty or that cost should be much greater.
0: Mm. So that's the um, that's the punchline of this next step. Put it on the board when you're coming when you come to this point in your designing a magic system when you're deciding how difficult things should be or what the cost to your characters who use magic should be. The uh, the difficulty or cost should be proportionate to the effect that that magical action has on the story. So if you're doing huge amounts of damage, um, really affecting the outcomes of combat, that should be more difficult or more expensive. Um, if you're just like, oh, you know, a little bit of light when you could easily like use a candle for something, but you're like, ah, oh, use my magic and just like mm-hmm. make a little ball of light. That has barely any effect on the story. That shouldn't be difficult. That should be almost a gimme. And then, you know, everything in between.
1: And then everything in between. Uh, Simple as that, folks. Let's move on. Just kidding. (laughs) All right. uh, So, difficulty or cost. Uh, When you're thinking about that stuff, think about, uh, let's, I think, you know, two different categories, right? Cost uh is something different cost is uh, you know can be measured in health points or like energy like fatigue or like spell slots in D D. so the the hard magic system limits those you can do you can shoot a fireball but how big is your fireball how much damage does it do Oh, it has a cost if you don't, you know, want to do the difficulty route. If you want to do the difficulty route, maybe uh, shooting a fireball accurately is really hard. Yeah. Making a fireball and just, like, blasting it off,
0: Mm -hmm. you could do that relatively easy. And maybe that's the issue is, like, you know, you make it so that once they're powerful enough, they can, yeah, they can summon this destructive magic, but then they still need to, like, exercise I don't know some perception or some other form of control over it, in order to direct it safely. And if they fail that, something else happens. Right. So which leads us into our last little the result bit. The result of what happens. So you're you're coming up with a hard magic system. You come up with all the different applications. You categorize the different types of magic that you've got. You cross that with the player's intent. How are they going to use the magic? to accomplish whatever it is that they want what uh you know what categories are you going to put that into then you've come up with the difficulty system the cost you've figured out how hard and how easy and how punishing everything is going to be on this you know scale from easy to difficult then you gotta describe the results what happens and you know if they succeed, great. You know, they kind of told you what they were trying to do. You've uh, you've got that one in the back. But there are any number of things that could, you know, go wrong. Maybe you've set it up, like we talked about, where, yeah, you're magical. You can summon the, the fire energy, but you still need to aim it. Mm-hmm. What happens when they fail aiming it? Does it splash back on them? Does it, you know, blow up prematurely? Um, the thing we have written here is that as a game master, especially with magic, but you know, good for everything, but we're talking about magic. Don't engage with binary success and failure when your players try and do some of this stuff. Describe the interesting results, uh, of an imperfect spell of things that, you know, go wrong. Maybe they miss it by just like one, you know, whatever their target role is, or maybe they like don't have enough magic points. But you let them do it anyway with like a penalty. The the important thing to put
1: on the board here is when you're talking about success and failure for magic, not every time should it be a complete fail where, oh, they just can't do magic. Doing magic, uh, if it's in a magical world, they can summon the fireball. But maybe they just like, they try to throw it and like it just like drops on their arm, and then like oh now I gotta yeah. put myself out. Uh, now your arm's you know, on fire. Engage in some some uh, hilarity, I guess. Hmm. That's uh, some when interesting dealing with success it, and failure. Because it
0: shouldn't be. It's boring. It's boring to just like miss, and that happens right. in you know uh, non-magical combat a lot. You swing and just oh, you miss. Myth. It's someone else's turn. Um... I would recommend spicing that up as well. But in magic especially, you know, character tries to do a spell where they lift a, you know, a bunch of big heavy rocks so that they can like escape. Mm -hmm. Maybe you make that really hard. Maybe that's not, you know, maybe Maybe that's outside of their normal. Yeah, maybe they're not supposed to escape or that's just outside of their normal, like, you know, capabilities. So you set the difficulty high, but they're kind of doing it. And then like, uh, are they going to be able to hold it? You know, interesting results, they make the story more interesting. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, you did lift it up. Um, Everyone, like, you know, roll to, like, roll to quickly escape. They're holding up the, the, the collapsed piece of the wall. Right. Everyone roll to get out before it collapses. And then, you know, they have to roll to somehow, like, keep the spell active or to, like, you know throw the stones aside without dropping them on theirself, And if they do, well, they get hurt. Natural consequences, the same as you would apply in any other, you know, not just magical, but.
1: Yeah, I think that's an important uh, thing to take into account when you're dealing with results is uh, natural consequences and like, oh, it's magic. It's not natural. "Eh, Fair enough, but shut up. (laughs) Um, So, not just uh, failing, oh, I can't make the spell, but what happens when you do the spell wrong? Like, that is way more interesting than just, like, I can't do it right. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, I, like, strain real hard and I work my magic fingers and, like, it goes, Pfft. all right. Well, what happens when you make lightning, but then like it shoots at the ground and blasts you 15 yards? Yeah, up? I think that's much like, better. Oh, you're not thing. hitting your
0: target, but there's lightning just you know like sparking around the mm. room. Now, you've created an interesting, dangerous, unexpected situation. Right, yeah, the I use guess, of magic yeah. now is a more interesting thing. Yeah,
1: you know, that's just the, the sorcery is a sword without a hilt, uh, philosophy, I guess. But I think that's that's very important uh, when you're creating your own magic system what happens when your players
0: fail and it should be something probably it shouldn't just be like oh it doesn't work whoever's turn is next it should probably there should probably be some result, even if you know it's failure or even if it's like uh, like a middling success there should be something described other than you know oh you just didn't roll good enough it doesn't happen So, application, intent, difficulty, and results.
1: Now, let's talk about our magic system, give you a real-life example of how to put all these things together.
0: Mm. Uh, We mentioned it before, we're talking about afterlife, which is our original post-apocalyptic setting in maybe, afterlife yeah
1: maybe a little bit more about afterlife so in afterlife post-apocalyptic yeah. uh it's north american uh just because uh I mean, that's it, where it's we already live. huge yeah. it's
0: already too big there's a lot uh, of places and that's where we live that's what we know right that's that's the history and the uh, geography we're most familiar with so you know cold war never
1: ended oh apocalypse happens uh war happens and now 200 years later uh, there is, well, the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, get it? <laughs> That's <laughs> so the name. There's, there's a, a bunch of magic. Uh, well, there's a bunch of radiation in the world. Um, part of that was the apocalypse was solar. Uh, That's, you know, solar radiation. And mm-hmm. then also there were some nuclear bombs that went
0: off. Yeah. So there's a, uh, there is a lore reason and a pretty, you know, Pretty damn good one. Uh, pretty good one. You know, classic apocalypse with a you know, with some more going on. There is a good reason for there to be radiation everywhere. And everyone kind of just like lives in a world that's heavily irradiated. And in our world, the people who have the little like mutation in their brain to be able to touch it, they are magic users. They can use the radiation magic to do magical stuff. And we're gonna, boy, is it magical. Yeah. We're going to talk right. about what so, that looks like uh, So it in is the a game. hard
1: magic system because players can interact with it. Mm-hmm. Players can be magic.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's divided into a couple different applications. And we also have it set up so the greater the effect, the greater the difficulty. So um, it's powered by the character's attributes. If you have one of these magic abilities it just like has a parent attribute of how good you are at it.
1: Usually it's mind or perception, mm-hmm.
0: the non-physical attributes. And that's the idea is that, you know, the characters who can do this have some sort of like cellular configuration in their brains that l- allows them to touch the magic and use it.
1: Direct yeah, this radiation to, energy. Yeah, right? to
0: direct the energy into whatever form or application they want.
1: Right. So so the applications we have, uh, you can move stuff, you can do stuff with your mind, and you can change stuff uh, mm-hmm. mon- molecularly.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about those briefly, and then we'll kind of explain how we've implemented rules. Um, the idea that you can move stuff, that's basically just using the energy around you to like, Push or pull objects. And
1: essentially, uh, telekinesis. Yeah,
0: that's all it is. But you're, uh, you know, it's the radiation. Right. You're pushing but it's stuff. The yeah, it's the radiation? It's the radiation. Right. Some so, like basic like limits that would come with that. The heavier or mm-hmm. uh, the heavier or faster you're moving something, the harder it gets.
1: Right. So like picking up uh, a pebble. Yeah. And. Zipping it fast enough to, like, hurt somebody. Not that hard.
0: Zipping it fast enough to just kill someone outright, though? That's hard. You could throw it at someone, yeah. Mm -hmm. But is it, like, can you turn it into a bullet? That's a harder application. Right. Uh, Could you lift a car? Lifting a car
1: with your mind. Difficult, though. Difficult. Uh, Can be done. Mm -hmm. Can be done. Uh, Throwing a car... Even harder.
0: Yeah. Um, So that's the move magic. The mind magic idea is that um, the radiation field is everywhere, all pervasive. And you're using it to, like, press Mm. neurological buttons in someone else's mind.
1: It's in their mind, man.
0: So you can use the mind to, like, you know, get a wolf to not want to attack you. Or to, like, trick another character into thinking he sees something but the more complex a thing you're trying to do the more difficult it becomes
1: right so like a direct mind attack where you're like i want to cause an aneurysm yeah
0: i'm just trying to hurt him
1: super hard
0: yeah um but if you're like you know talking to a friend and you're you have mind magic and you're just going to like send a magical whisper into his brain mm-hmm. that's easier we've we've had
1: that a lot in play of the the mind magic users like i want to communicate
0: with, yeah can i just with, like with whisper partner. uh you know can i send a, a a message on the wind
1: right a um a sub message or well, just like what
0: just like a I mental mean. mental yeah a mental like text message or something we've had people do you know that a lot so that's the mind idea the change magic the third one, one of my faves it's like, it has a sort of almost like alchemical idea. It's basically that like you're manipulating energy on such a fine level that you can change what matter is.
1: Right. For example, uh, an easy one would be, oh, it's really foggy. Uh, turn it to rain. Like just,
0: yeah. boom.
1: Now it's rain. Now it just falls to down. the
0: ground or another water one. You could just like boil your supper pot. Right. That'd yeah. be pretty easy for, uh, um, a for, a, for a change magic easy. user. Um, uh, but say I'm changing, you know, say I got a, like a lump of uh, lead and I'm changing it into gold. Ooh. Oh, you freaking okay. alchemist you. Um, I think that might not actually be that difficult just cause they're not that far apart on the, <laughs> on the, on the, periodic the table.
1: table. I mean, they're not, but like, uh, you know, I think I would rate that as like a,
0: I think it would still be pretty tricky. I guess it
1: would be. Like, why? Why is that gets into the intent? You know, like, why is the player trying to do that? Uh, Is it because they, like, need to buy the big uh, grenade launcher from the market? Well, then maybe it's going to be pretty hard.
0: Right, because you don't necessarily want them to buy something they shouldn't have yet. Hmm. And so you're combining that. So conceptually, we explained how the magic works. And there are some built-in difficulties that come with the description of magic in this universe, but then there's also the, like the limitations of story and the impact on the story, the greater impact something is going to have on the story, the greater the difficulties should be. So, you know,
1: because we don't, we don't really have a cost. um, Yeah. In this, in our magic system, we talked about cost before
0: we, We, yeah, we don't have spell slots. We don't have sorcery points. What we do is we, uh, assign a difficulty based on the complexity of what they're trying to do and the um, uh, the impact it's going to have on the story. So if they're going to, like, outright kill a character in a combat, even if they're doing it in a really simple way, that's still going to be more difficult than if they were, you know... Say, right. okay, well, say, so say you're, like, like turning well... a puddle into ice so that someone's going to slip and, like, fall. Mm-hmm. If that's going to kill someone in into combat, we still would like bump up the difficulty a little bit well, if it was going to happen. Someone, some I other time. I would think. Uh,
1: so I think that's kind of a bad example because they slip and fall, so the damage they take is not dependent on the magic that happens. Right.
0: That's true. Okay. So yeah, making making the puddle if into ice. If you were going to
1: turn your blo- your your brain blood <laughs> into ice and explode your brain. Which would result in an insta kill. Yeah. Very difficult. More difficult. Even though blood is, you know, very close to water and like, right. oh, well, I can turn this puddle into ice, so why is this so hard? You're right.
0: That was a bad example. So turning the puddle into ice, easy, but then is the bad guy going to slip? Well, like, they're in combat. They're going to be, right. like, rolling good to not fall over because right. they're. And even
1: you know, if they do slip, it's probably not going to be a lot of damage. Yeah. Might not be fatal. It's just a slip.
0: They just fell over. So.
1: Right, but that slip in that right moment, right? So, like, you know, easy to turn uh, cold water into ice. Mm-hmm. Bad guy slips on it, but he slips on it at the exact moment that, like, your buddy uh, gorilla jumps down from a tree with an axe and is about to brain him. Now the bad guy's on the ground. He don't dodge no good. Yeah, it's ooh, easier to hit him. On.
0: Right? You know, combine like, those things into a, a story. That's a of magic. Right.
1: ooh Supreme.
0: Um, And that's the sort of like the varying degrees of success idea that we talked about. Maybe, you know, you're like, oh, I'm using it in combat. You thought he would like fall off a cliff or you thought he would fall and hit his head. Well, that's not what happened. It was still like the same amount of difficulty to do the magic. But now like, you know, he's on his back. You didn't kill him Mm because that's that wasn't a killing blow. But it's easier, you know, for someone else to hit him now or something. Right. Um so, um
1: very, very open. Yeah. Can do a lot with this magic. Um and like we basically talked about combat, but you know, you can do non combat applications like um uh move magic can also be used to lockpick. Like
0: yeah. I move the tumblers. Right. And you'd right. be like using your perception to, you know, feel the tumblers with the radiation and then yeah, you're using your move magic to, like, mm. put them in the position to unlock the right. lock.
1: And the difficulty would depend on how, one, how cool, yeah. like, was that that uh, the player thought to use their magic there. Uh, I think it's pretty cool, so I'd, I'd uh, dumb down I, the difficulty a Yeah, I would, yeah, bit, I would like, reward it don't. as
0: well, because, like, the idea of these, like, these three very basic applications of magic is, like, well... If you're not gonna if you're not gonna think of anything interesting, then why bother? But if you're like I I have move magic with this radiation power, think of interesting you know uses for that, like adjusting the tumblers or you know like you could uh, you know move magic. Say you're in a standoff, you could like try and move magic uh, the guy's gun. Like oh uh, he you hit the mag release on his gun yeah. now he's got no bullets in his gun <laughs> and as soon as he drops his magazine and he's like whoops I didn't do that why is that happening that's your opening to like you, you know, know
1: give him a punch yeah. or a shiv or maybe your teammate gets sucker him from the punch side him or what you
0: know um, uh, yeah
1: so like sometimes um, the difficulty is built in right it's not just like oh my magic versus this lock it's uh, Player, My magic versus a player or character or versus the, character. Yeah, character. Right?
0: Whatever's going on. So you yeah, you could be using move magic to try and like hold a guy still. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm holding you still, you're under arrest. What, you're you under know, arrest. Um now your magic is directly is in direct contest with their strength. Right,
1: or you know, and maybe it's maybe it's mine, not necessarily in that example, but like right. you know, you try to You have mind magic, and you're Mm like, I want to make him see the thing he's most afraid of. Mm. Okay, uh, well, roll for it, because you got to hack into his mind. So how good is that character's mind? And maybe
0: he's much smarter than you. That makes the difficulty pretty high for Mm -hmm. you to, like, parse the depths of his mind and learn anything about him. Or make him do anything with a, like, mind-to-mind attack. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's built in. And, you know, we designed the system that way on purpose.
1: Almost like we meant to. <laughs> uh,
0: otherwise, you know, think about how cool it's going to be. Right. Engage with that, um, and then if it's not up against something that you already have stats for, in the Eclipse Engine, we use a just scale of difficulty. We use trivial, easy, moderate, skilled, mm-hmm. heroic, legendary, or the just like the natural twenty. If you just if you roll twenty. You're probably going to Basically, nail it. Um,
1: Something that, like... Because we don't really play that many other systems um, yet. uh, Because we're really... We're, you know, we're egotistical like that. We focus on Mm -hmm. our own stuff. Uh, (laughs) But, um, you know... So, like, yeah, in the Eclipse engine, there's that difficulty table, trivial, easy, moderate, etc. But, you know, sometimes... Just fuck the rules. Yeah. And just, like... Uh, give me a d20 if you roll better than 15. You got
0: it. Yeah, I'll just say it worked.
1: Right? Like, I don't, I'm not gonna do the stupid fucking game master math to figure out like what you need to beat. And like, oh, then I need to add on, you know, the enemy's bonuses and your bonuses. Fuck it. Just, I don't know, 12. Roll better than 12. Yeah.
0: And that's, you know.
1: And you don't have to say that to your players. No,
0: you could just like have that conversation right. with yourself and be like, yeah. "Well, mm, I just want to see if this does and doesn't work, and I'm not really sure what the appropriate like countering difficulty should be." Uh, I don't know. Just like split the you know split the d twenty in half. Start with ten and be like, mm, "Is fifty fifty too easy or too hard?" Nudge it one way or the other. Right,
1: and then you know just like give me a roll, player. Oh, you got it. And then like because they're not going to ask. How much should I be to buy? Yeah. And even if they do, you don't have to tell them. Yeah,
0: You can just say, I'm, I'm not, not telling, telling you. <laughs> but, yeah. So, that is a. That's kind of a rundown of the afterlife uh, radiation based magic that we use. Uh, we've had a lot of fun with that. And that was something that we came up with all on our own. Brag. Uh, when we, you know, were moving away from Torg wanting to be uh, wanting to create our own system and we're like well we want to play in this setting also we need a magic system to go with it
1: because we want the magic system
0: this so, is the process we kind of went through yeah
1: the process right to sum it up we we talked about a lot of things we talked about a lot of theory we did a, an example that maybe um, got a little sidetracked whatever so magic systems mhm when you're making up your magic system, it needs to be setting-specific.
0: There's also the uh, the hard and soft magic. Is it magical? Are your players magical? Can they interact with it? Or is there just like some magical stuff in the world?
1: If it is a hard magic system where your players actually get to use it, uh, think about the ways that they're going to use it Uh, the application of that magic Mm -hmm. Uh, the intent that your players will have are they using it to fight are they using it to uh get over obstacles from the environment uh then you need to think about the difficulty or the cost are you in a world where magic takes some of your health away Mm -hmm. you know maybe it's it's that kind of world um or maybe it's just that magic is uh, a difficulty. Yeah, you know? set
0: by difficulty. Or maybe there's a separate like uh, you know mana yeah attribute that recharges you need sure, to spend right. you know whatever.
1: You know, that could be your cost. Uh, and then you know think about the result of the magic and don't necessarily uh, equate failure with oh you didn't do any magic. Failure can still be magical. Like I shoot lightning at this guy. Well, you didn't hit the guy, but you did shoot lightning. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, then we gave you Afterlife as an example. Um, So hopefully uh, that gets you at least thinking about it, gets your juices flowing.
0: And like I said in my little aside earlier, this isn't a step-by-step guide of, you know, how to build your entire magic system from the ground up. But um, hopefully it was evocative and inspiring enough to like get you on the right track to do it yourself
1: not hand holders no the only hand i hold will be my mom's i mean (laughs) wait (laughs) just kidding that's true
0: but i think that'll do it for tonight um This has been another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. If you liked our stuff, check us out at 2HGM.com. You can email us or uh, hit us up on Twitter at 2HGM Podcast.
1: Don't forget our Patreon Uh, link is on our website at Mm 2HGM.com. Also on our website, you will find the Eclipse Engine for free. For free. Also, all the supporting material, character sheets, Um, Um, we made a little dungeon creator thing, uh, RPG Lite. If you don't know what RPG Lite is, listen to some of our other podcast episodes.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe that is about it. Uh, Real quick, um, do a recommendation. Kind of bagged on it at the beginning of this. uh, Did we bag on it? Well, so... I would I would recommend Torg, I guess. Oh, you know,
1: you're gonna re- oh, no, to anybody? We were supposed to recommend Brian Sanderson.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay, so two recommendations, real quick. I, two
1: recommendations.
0: I shat on Torg a little bit at the beginning, talking about how one of their worlds had kind of a crappy magic system. Truth is, I really like it. It just was a pain to use, and we went from that...
1: Also, like, we were fresh off... Yeah, we know, didn't really know we what were we were doing. We fresh into it. Uh,
0: and we went from that to creating our own stuff, so, you know, it's very formative, and I still really like it, and it's cool. So, if you... Torg. uh Yeah. If you if you want a new system, if you're interested in this stuff, uh, you might have to do some digging. I think we had to get everything used off, we like, did. secondhand bookstores and shit, but Torg is a very cool role-playing system with a lot going for it uh and then yeah the other one uh real quick old um, b sandy
1: old b sandy as cosmo uh has, is so familiar because they're friends or whatever uh great author um does a lot of stuff not necessarily like all his stuff but he does do a lot of it he does so do like, a lot of
0: stuff and it's all good it's not all yeah. like my not, personal taste right. but i like yeah, a lot that's, of it
1: that's what i mean it's like You know, so he does so much stuff that, like, some of it, I just, it's not my jam. But there is some stuff that is totally my jam. For example, the Skyward series, my jam. Mm. Uh, There's two books out right now. The third one is coming soon uh, as we're recording. So, like, maybe it's already out. Oh, my God. That would be cool. Mm, It might be.
0: I don't know. I haven't looked at it. Well, one, like, but. it's
1: already out when they listen to this. Yeah,
0: which is not right. tonight. Not the same no. night we're recording.
1: It's definitely not already out. I checked. Okay. So, anyways, uh, Brian Sanderson, uh, Skyward, uh, Starsight, Freedom.
0: Mm. Very cool. Uh, thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of their song, Pond Hill is Finest, as the intro and outro to our podcast. And that is it. See you next time. See you later.